This is Mark Pender for Econoday with Mark Rogers, Senior Economist with Econoday. We're going, uh, looking at the week ahead, we see uh, jobless claims on Thursday. Uh, they've been at recovery lows. Are we seeing a significant improvement right now? Well, I think for this coming week, you're right. This is going to be one of the highlights for the week, especially after following last week's employment report. And the latest jobless claims figure did show an unexpected decline of 18,000 to a, a level of 324,000. So that's a positive. It's still subpar for a recovery. So what we're wanting to see is continued trend downward and hopefully see more improvement. Uh, but it's still, it's, Better, but still sluggish. Uh, and we have a new uh, uh, data on the calendar, ladies and gentlemen. On tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., we have the JOLTS, which uh, covers the uh, employment sector. Mark, describe uh, to us what we can expect. Well, basically, JOLTS, that's uh, the BLS Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey. It's been around for quite a while. It's been and under the radar survey. It, we've added added that report to the Econoday calendar. We're, we're going to cover it ongoing. And the key point is the Fed has switched guidance in its FOMC statement to indicator-based guidance instead of timing-based guidance with the indicators being labor market news and inflation expectations. There's an explicit number of 6.5% uh, as a trigger for unwinding, but the Fed has clarified specifically in the latest Fed statement and Fed speak that it's not just a specific number but broad conditions of the labor market. So there's clear appearance that the Fed's going to be looking at jolts as well as initial jobless claims and other labor market indicators. But clearly, the, the headline of jolts is uh, job openings, and the Fed will probably focus on that notably. And... Even though it's been under the radar, JOLTS is probably going to get more market attention, and it's out, uh, as you said, Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. And, and it's a measure of hiring demand. That's exactly right. That's and, and, the point. And, and that's in distinction to jobless claims, which are a measure of layoffs. Right. It's, it's a different angle, and the Fed's going to be looking at every angle for the labor market that they can think of. Let's turn uh, to uh, the uh, consumer. We have uh, two different uh, uh, items this week. Well, we have also the weekly uh, chain store reports, uh, ICSC, Goldman Sachs, uh, Goldman, and uh, Red Book. And they've both been uh, signaling a weakness for uh, chain stores uh, who will report their own uh, 
many of them, or some of them, will report their uh, April sales results on Thursday. We also have consumer credit. And uh, it's been going pretty high, uh, not necessarily the revolving portion of consumer credit where uh, consumers charge on their credit cards. Uh, let's, uh, how do you look at consumer credit right now, Mark? Right now, consumer credit, you know, the, the two major components are the non-revolving, and that reflects primarily motor vehicle sales and student loans. We've had some technical and cyclical issues on student loans. Uh, the government agencies have been buying student loans from uh, pr private vendors, which is which have affected the data for student loans. So it's been accelerating, and that's somewhat a technicality, though probably more students are staying in school instead of getting jobs going on to grad school. And we have better data on motor vehicle sales in terms of the, the unit sales from manufacturers. So this coming week, the, the focus really needs to be on the revolving component of consumer credit, which would indicate whether there's greater willingness on the part of consumers to spend. That is, do they feel good enough about their job position, that they're willing to take on more credit. And that's been flat. It's been flat. And you know the latest retail sales number, excluding autos and gasoline was sluggish, so we need any hint that we can get that consumer spending might pick up. Um, confidence is picked up by a number of measures, including consumer sentiment, consumer confidence, and Bloomberg. So the Bloomberg this could be a hint, confidence. another hint. That's right. And um, uh, and uh, that's an interesting point you make, Mark, about the uh, non-revolving uh, uh, credit and the student loans, and the really the, the really sharp increase in that category doesn't necessarily uh, reflect to the same degree the the amount of uh, loans that are actually being taken out now by students. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, some of it is basically transfer from basically different categories that are not included in consumer credit and then into categories that are included in consumer credit. And as, uh, getting back to the consumer's willingness to uh, borrow, to spend, uh, uh, how would you describe it right now? I mean, are they really, uh, is there any uh, indication that maybe the improving jobs market will increase this, uh, what had been a very, in good times, this is a very strong number. Um, do you, when would you expect to see any, any change in, in revolving? That's the big question. Right now, there are a lot of cross-currents in the consumer sector. Employment improved, but it's still sluggish. Confidence is up. Gasoline prices are down. However, you know, it's an ongoing theme right now that uh, payroll taxes have, have gone up, reducing discretionary income. Uh, we're really in a period of quite a few cross-currents. 
Well, that, that's a good time. Now we'll back up and we'll go to uh, uh, Friday's employment report. Where well, let's just start with uh, uh, hourly earnings. Uh, they rose zero point two percent, which doesn't seem like a lot to me. <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Well, f uh, for the month, that it, it it was a decent number, but it's been follow it followed, I believe, a flat figure the prior month. And the year ago figures have been declining for quite a while. So uh, the earnings picture for individuals has really not improved. It's really become more sluggish. And in terms of the overall economy, it's basically been a picture of not has the individual improved which it's kind of been, you know, running in place. But whether there's been a spreading of gains by employment, and we're really not seeing a lot of that. Um, well, well, we had um, uh, a 138,000 revised increase in non-farm payroll in March. That improved. Uh, to in the right direction, fifteen thousand two hundred and fifty-three thousand. This is these are not huge. Uh, I'm at one hundred and sixty-five thousand. Excuse me. Uh, that's um, a twenty-seven thousand increase. Um, and uh, that's a nice, uh, you know, month-to-month uh, -month change. But the actual levels are still pretty low. We have this improvement in the in the last two weeks of jobless claims. Uh, the employment report is, is sampled at mid-month. And after that, the following two unemployment uh, uh, data, which is separate data, show really like we, we began a uh, sharp improvement. Is there um, momentum? Well, in let, me, let me jump in there. You know, basically Friday, markets were, they were relatively happy in terms of equity gains. And uh, what two things happened. The headline number plus the, the private payroll subcomponent. They both beat expectations. And it's all about market positions and whether you know you want to go up or down after the number comes up, comes out. Basically, the payroll numbers topped expectations. But one of the big things to remember is it was a low bar. We are still very subpar for average recoveries. Uh, the other positive was that there were upper revisions for the prior two months. The original March number looked very dismal, up 88,000. Now it's revised to 138, and it's actually a huge revision. So the markets were they were excited. It doesn't take much for excitement nowadays, apparently. They were excited that uh, March was revised up from that extremely dismal number. But the bottom line is, even though equities were up Friday, you know, beating expectations, expectations were low. It still looks like we're headed into a softer second quarter than first quarter. Oh, uh, okay. So you, um, that's an interesting, uh, point. Uh, you don't, uh, see, I, 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 I think the general, 
um, understanding or expectation in business right now is that we're going to have a pickup in the second half. We're going to start seeing seasonal strength appearing in, in spring, and we're going to see, uh, uh, you know, accelerating evenly an even acceleration of growth through the second half. Uh, but I don't know if GDP goes down in the second quarter. I don't know if that fits that uh, those expectations. Uh, how do you see the, the, the second half? Well, to clarify, uh, GDP likely is not to go down. It's to ease, slower, right, slow. mm-hmm. not negative. But, you know, consensus changes. But the general view is that by the second half, the economy should recover from the slowdown in the second quarter. Uh, so, okay, so the second quarter will be the low for the year. And you, uh, do you see, uh, where were we at the, we were at, uh, what was the final first quarter um, GDP? We were around or at three, right? Is that? Uh, Rough, you know, a little below three. Well, I'm clicking through the economy day calendar. I find it here at Friday, April 26, real handy dandy. And it uh, came in at an actual 2.5. The consensus was for a 3.1. Um, that's right. So that's a, and that's not a great, so you see something below 2.5. And then for the second half, do you see it going back over 2.5? Is, is well, this it, it, it's, it's generally the consensus, um, a little bit of slowing in the second quarter and then improvement in the second half. So, you know, it's really trying to time when you know, there are bumps in the road and the recovery and then hopefully smooth driving later. Well, what's the, hist- the uh, average historical rate for, for GDP uh, at, this, uh, at this stage of, in, in a cycle coming out of a, coming out I, of a long recession? I used, <laughs> I used to try to memorize that number, but... Uh, there, there are too many revisions, but generally, um, long term, somewhere between two and a half and three percent. But during recovery, you expect a stronger number, uh, probably three to four percent. And you know, it, this is clearly below a three, three to four percent recovery rate of growth. Well, thank you very much. That's Mark Rogers with Econoday, and I'm Mark Penner with Econoday.